Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 161 of the Ask the Coach show where we talk table tennis. 161 is the sum of five consecutive primes, 23, 29, 31, 37, and 41. Today, we're going to talk about how to execute a chop with no backspin, whether you should try to win in practice matches or try to develop your skills. We'll talk about backspin smashes and what are some of Alloy's and my favorite serves. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alloy's Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alloy's. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, good evening, everyone out there. Yes. Um, now, Alloy's, that was a pretty Riveting fact about 161. Do you have anything for us? I've got I've got super duper stuff today. Um, nine, oh, no, 1884, Jeffrey, the cornerstone of the pedestal upon which the Statue of Liberty stands was laid today, 1884. And I've got an even better one. I'm not a day in history, but a day in the future. What happens one year from today, Jeffrey? One year from today, I do not know. The start of the Rio Olympics. Today. Oh, one year from today. There you go. Okay, awesome. Can't believe and it. Four hundred and four and four hundred days from today, the start of the Paralympics. There you go. I can't believe that it's nearly the Olympics. Well, you know, not nearly a year away, but I can't believe three years have gone since the last Olympics. Amazing. And um, Chi has jumped on the Google Q&A app and told us, do you know that this Sunday is Singapore's 50th birthday? I did not know that. So thank you, Chi. Didn't know. And it surprises me that it's only 50 years too. That's um, it's not very long, is it? No, not compared to a lot of other countries. Um, yes. So yesterday's Pink Seals question of the day was, do you use multi-ball for your training? What did people say about this, Alois? Yeah, so we had uh, quite a few responses. So um, Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony, hmm, said, yep. Uh, Dominic said, yes, more time hitting balls, less time picking them up. And that's a really good point, Dominic. Um, Kit said, no budget for multi-balls. So, no, we use only one ball, then we replace it when it's broken. That's a, that's a good point, too. We'll come back and talk about that one, Kit. Um, Akshat said, nope. David said, Kit, Eric, Bartolome, try eBay, maybe. You can get quality balls. Okay, so that's um, that's replying to, uh, to Kit. Um, Rory Goulding said, yes. So, quite a few people said, yes. Joh- Johanna uh, said, yes, of course, as much as possible. Other players don't always like it very much, but our trainer prefers it too. And Sammy says, definitely. Multiball is an excellent way of developing speed, sharpness, but also power. I also use a robot if I'm practicing at home without a coach. However, for some reason, there is a sort of table tennis taboo around robots. Why is this so? Hmm. So, yeah, some good uh, good messages. So, Sammy, let me tell you, uh, let me um, answer your question there. So I don't think it's a real taboo about robots, but um, 
there's a real limitation, I suppose, to, to the use of robots. They're good if you haven't got any other options. So you haven't got a practice partner. Um, you haven't got someone to feed you multi-ball. They're limited because um, you, you're just not seeing the ball coming in the same way. So you're not picking up the cues of their other of the other person's stroke um, when when before the ball comes to you. So so that's a that's a pretty big factor. As far as just you know um, hitting balls, robots robots are fine. So um, so yeah. So but multi ball, oh, we love multi ball. Multi ball's great. So why why is multi ball good? So one, uh, I think someone mentioned, you know, you spend more time hitting and less time picking up balls. And that's a really important factor. So to improve skills, you need to do them repetitively. And multi-ball allows you to do a particular skill over and over and over again. So that's one of the real um, real bonuses of multi-ball. The other, or another um, real benefit of multi-ball is that it doesn't matter the relative abilities of the two players practicing. So I could practice with a player who's much better than me and still provide um, a good training session for them by feeding multi-ball and vice versa. So so it doesn't necessarily rely too much on the relative playing abilities of, uh, of the two players. So, um, yeah. So multi-ball, great. If you don't use it, you try to use it. Um, and as you said, if you... If you can't get a whole lot of table tennis balls, it doesn't matter. See if you can get 10 or 20 balls um, to start off with and just use those for practice. So rather than just using one ball, try to get 10 or 20. And, yes, you can jump on um, eBay or some uh, websites and just order um, some balls online pretty cheaply nowadays. So, yeah, do that. If you any possibility, get onto it. Yes, very good, Alois. And... I'll put a link to our multi-ball course in the show notes. So if you're not sure about multi-ball, jump onto our blog and look at the show notes and you'll see our multi-ball course there where we talk yeah, so, all about uh, multi-ball. Yeah, so multi-ball, I mean, you might think, oh, I don't think I could do it. it. Believe me, it's really simple to do and it's really simple to learn how to do. So, so um, have a look at those uh, lessons that we've got um, in the multi-ball course, and you'll see how simple it really is to learn how to feed multi-ball and to start to utilise it in your training. Have to do it. If you if you have an opportunity, you have to do it. All right, there you go. You've been told. Get on to multi-ball. Okay, let's move on to the ping skillers question of the day. And, Alice, this is very timely with uh, the Rio Olympics only one year away. The question is, what is bigger, the World Championships or Olympic Games for table tennis, obviously? So um, you can get involved by jumping on our Facebook page or by uh, going to our blog and leaving a comment. So you let us know which is bigger, the World Championships or the Olympic Games. All right. Now, Noel has jumped on and asked a question live on the show, which anyone can do by going to our Google Plus page. And Noel says, hello, and welcome back, coaches. I'm creating some bad habits that I would like to fix. It seems that every ball I want to topspin, I brush it too vertical and not flat enough for speed. How can I hit it more flatter? Mm, interesting question. Yeah, so um, so uh, like topspin top spin is good. You know, it's important that you do... 
um, put some topspin on the ball. Um, if you are trying to hit the ball flatter, um, it's it's a matter of just coming coming through the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, ugh, I love topspin. So um, I sort of a bit loathe to say, you know, um, you're trying to trying to you want to hit the ball um, too flat. I think in general, most people hit the ball too flat. But if you are finding that you do want to just add some speed, it isn't much. So it's changing from something like that to something like that. So that's your different contact. So that's for for more spin, and this is to get the ball a little bit flatter and faster. It isn't it isn't much, Noel. There isn't much of a change. Um, it's just a very subtle little change. So what I'm hearing, Alois, is you'd rather someone err on the side of having a bit more top spin than on the side of being too flat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, I think in general people tend to play too flat. Um, if you, if, but Noel, if you if you are finding that you are you know just brushing the ball too much and going too vertically, then yeah, you can you can change your the trajectory of your stroke slightly. So rather than going. So, so vertically, you can come a little bit more horizontally or just um, flatten out the angle. But as I say, don't flatten it out too much. Don't sort of start doing this um, because then, you, then you'll lose that topspin altogether. Yeah, and from my experience, Alice, it's not a big change. Like if you just go slightly more forward with your stroke um, but still maintain that brushing action, you are going to get that extra speed. So... I feel like here that Noel's probably on the right track and, it's, you know, it's not going to take much for him to really get that top spin with a bit more speed. Indeed. Absolutely. All right. Now, Noel has a second question for us. He says, one more question, gentlemen. What do you do for an aching shoulder? I've been playing lots of table tennis and it's, um, yeah, making my shoulder hurt. Should he stop for a week or two? Yeah, um, aching shoulders can be a few things. So one one thing that you do need to think about, so not being a doctor, so I'm just talking from a table tennis point of view, um, is to just try to focus on keeping that shoulder a little bit more relaxed during your play and during your strokes. So I often see that um, the shoulder is the is the muscle that tightens the most or, or the, the quickest when when... <coughs> when we start to play. So, yeah, so really starting to think a little bit more about just keeping that um, more relaxed. If it's a if it's an ongoing pain, it's worth getting it checked out. You know, go to a physio, go to a GP. Um, just make sure there's nothing, you know, structurally, structurally um, wrong in there. Um, but if there isn't, then, you know, maybe it's just a matter of keeping that a little bit more relaxed uh, rather than fighting against yourself and, and making your shoulder work double time yeah because no you really shouldn't be having like pain in your shoulder when playing so like as Alice said i think it's worth going to see a gp or a specialist a physio just to get it checked out um make sure everything's okay and then if you tell them you know you play a lot of table tennis you know they'll give you the right advice on on whether you need to stop and rest it or not all right thank you for the question next up is a question from how and how says, I would like to ask what we should do when we are chopping in order to create a no-spin ball. Many thanks. Okay, how? Um, so 
to to vary the amount of spin on your chop or your push, it's a matter of altering the angle of your racket um, slightly. So if you have a really flat racket and brush underneath, you're going to get more spin. If you turn your bat forward, you're going to get less spin. So that's that's the real key to start off with. So think about the angle of your racket as you're coming through. So this for more spin and this for less spin. Okay, got it. So um, for those on the audio podcast, it's it's really about brushing the ball, isn't it, Alois? Yeah, brushing the ball and um, changing the the angle of your racket. So um, if your racket is more um, horizontal, then you're going to brush underneath the ball more. If your racket tilts a little bit more vertically, then it, um, you're going to be able to brush the ball a little bit flatter. Okay, got it. All right, hopefully that helps you out. How? Get out on the table and just practice a few of those variations like Alois talked about and see if you can notice the different amounts of spin that you're generating. All right, here's an interesting question from Dakota who says, after eight matches at my first USTTA tournament, I've been able to let go of my desire to win practice matches. Do you think that having a greater desire to win practice match over the desire to improve inhibits people from getting better? Hmm. Here's an interesting one, Dakota. Um, I, I think I think yes is the answer um, because I think, especially in your practice matches, it's really important to still focus on your development and still focus on things like your strokes and um, uh, technique and all that sort of thing. Um not all the time, but but I th I think most players don't put enough emphasis on that when they're playing um, practice matches. There is also a place, of course, for when you're playing practice matches to just get out there and try to win the match because it's important to also learn how to um, put yourself on the line and um, and and try to try to win a match. So so there there's definitely a place for that, but. I think there's also that place for developing your technique in a match situation as well. So yes, um, I, I think I think it is a, a real limiting factor for a lot of players because when they get into the match situation, they forget about um, trying their technique and they just go back to all their old habits. Mm. And are they always, you know, like opposites? Can it can it be that? Um, you know, in a desire to win, you want to play a proper third ball. So using the right techniques actually helping you, I guess it's just a bit of a mindset, isn't it? Yeah, it, and it definitely does. In it, Like, especially long-term, I mean, that's obviously why we're trying to play better technique is because we want to get the game, your game better into a higher level. Um, just sometimes though, short-term, um, it's easy to, you know, do that and win a point easily rather than play a proper stroke and then think about your proper top spin and all that sort of stuff um, in a in a game situation but uh, yeah they don't they don't they're not mutually exclusive definitely not um, you know playing your playing your better strokes will also increase um, your uh, results as well obviously yeah so 
Yeah, but I guess, yeah, you know, if you feel like you're inconsistent with that, you might choose not to play it in your practice matches to, to win the points. I see that, yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting question, Dakota. Um, yeah, and um, as Alloy said, you know, you do need to think about the long term and what's going to be best for your game, especially in those practice matches. So, um, yeah. And, and, and also, um, Dakota, great that you entered your first USTTA tournament as well and, uh, and just put yourself out there and also just saw the bigger picture, I suppose, and, you know, had a bit of a, a moment there where you, where you started to realise the importance of, of um, implementing technique during your training as well. Yeah, absolutely. So well done. So if any of you out there are listening to this and haven't played in a tournament, Set yourself a goal to go along to a tournament. Great experience. You'll learn a lot. You'll have fun. And um, you'll learn a lot about, you know, where you're at in terms of your level. So get out and see if you can go to a tournament soon. All right. Next question is from Jared, who said, I recently played an opponent who would smash high balls with backspin and sidespin by pulling his racket down on the ball while smashing. As I've never played against this before, it was extremely difficult to adjust to. What do you recommend? Ah, yes, the old chop smash. Well, um, it's um, it's a, it's like it's a really difficult shot to get back. You know, like I don't know anyone that feels comfortable returning a chop smash. But the thing is, they can only do that chop smash if you lob the ball fairly close to the net. Um, with any reliability. So if you can lob the ball deeper on the court, it becomes really hard for them to do that um, backspinny, sidespinny, choppy type of smash. So that's, that's probably the first thing. Try to get keep, keep your, the, your, your lobs um, a little bit deeper and um, on the court, which will make it harder. Yeah. On, the, on, yeah, on the other side, if you get a ball that high... There is no need to chop smash it because if the ball's up that high and that close to the net, a, a standard smash is going to win you the point if you do it well. The, the problem with the chop smash is it's also risky because you're putting backspin and sidespin on the ball. The ball's not going to go straight onto the table. It's going to curve and slide. And and I've, I've seen, I have seen some players miss easy balls uh, because they sort of layer layerize around a little bit with that chop smash. Don't do it. Just get rid of it. Save it for save it for some party tricks and practice matches. Never do it in a match. Don't do it. All right, got it. Put away that chop smash. Smash properly. Yeah, and you know if someone chop smashes to you, I I've hardly ever got a chop smash back. It's just really difficult. I mean, just do your best, and you know I wouldn't worry about practicing trying to get those sorts of balls back and as Alloy said the real key is don't let them smash in the first place keep it lower or if they do try and lob the ball deeper good question yeah you know what I'd act, I actually would do I'd actually go and congratulate them for, for making the chop smash and say geez that was a fantastic shot and hopefully they try it again because they'll probably miss the next one <laughs> good good tactics all right. Um, now, here is a question from Chi, who says, Jeff and Alois, what serve would you use last time when you were in competitions? 
Uh, for me, I used to basically always use the pendulum serve. So yes. I used to do, yeah, either short or high toss, but yeah. Pendulum. Yes, you were quite famous for the high toss serve, weren't you? And if you want to see Alois um, in action and doing some high toss serves, go to pingskills.com and go to the footer and click on the About Us link. You'll see a video of Alois there doing some high toss serves. Very good to watch. Thanks, Jeffrey. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a good. It's a good to watch, man. And I won't ruin it too much. But you're down, and you you kind of you know look like you're going to turn things around, and it gets very exciting towards the end. So um, check out Alloys versus Italy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and for me, yeah, I like the pendulum serve. It's just a really popular serve. You can get good variation with it, and I also like the little backhand serve as well. I didn't mind that. You know, I've, not a lot of people used it and I found that people weren't used to returning it. So um, I found the backhand serve was effective as well. All right. Well, Alloys, that wraps up another show. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thanks for all those who asked a question. And make sure you get involved by answering our Ping Skills question of the day, going to our Facebook page or to our blog on the pingskills.com website. And while you are at our pingskills.com website, make sure you register for our free newsletter. We give out lots of tips every week. So thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey. And I'm just uh, off to eat my chocolate brownie that my daughter's just made me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Yum, that looks great. See you, everyone. Bye.